Do you sometimes have trouble breathing, heart pounding, and quickening when you stand up too quickly? This can be a very serious problem, and it's something that you should get checked out as soon as possible. And that means going to see your doctor. But if your doctor really can't find anything and you're still experiencing shortness of breath, then it may be time to look for less obvious causes. And that's what we're here to help you do today. This is the Dr. Lamb Show, the place for you to find guidance and practical skills for dealing with adrenal fatigue and associated problems. Please like and share this show if you enjoy it or if it helps you find better health. I'm Dr. Carrie Lam. I'm a specialist in family medicine and preventive medicine. And hello, I'm Dr. Jeremy Lam. I focus on holistic and preventative medicine and particularly also have a focus in chronic conditions. And so let's look at shortness of breath and how it relates to adrenal fatigue. Now, people with adrenal fatigue uh, sometimes present with shortness of breath and they have this, uh, they go through this normal workup and uh, you know, after extensive workup with their lungs and their heart, they're given a clean bill of health and that can be pretty frustrating for some people. And so, you know, Dr. Carey, how do they kind of describe the shortness of breath? Yeah, they describe the shortness of breath as they really can't catch a full breath of air, or sometimes they can't take a full deep breath. They try to take a deep breath, but it kind of just uh, gets stuck. Um, uh, sometimes when they go up the stairs, they get even more short of breath, or even just walking around the block, they get a little more short of breath. Um, sometimes it can also accompany fast heart rate, or sometimes it doesn't. So universally they might go home or you they go see their doctor and maybe they get placed on an in inhaler you know uh, to help with the breathing mechanism but that doesn't really help the root cause and it's just the inhalers are usually there to either reduce inflammation you know for, if you have asthma or some kind of copd or it can open up your airways like albuterol or um, in order to help you breathe better if you're wheezing but like I said, it doesn't really get down to the physiologic basis as why the shortness of breath is happening. So why does the shortness of breath happen um, in adrenal fatigue specifically? Well, again, we don't really know why the exact physiologic basis is occurring, but we do know that the shortness of breath happens in two situations. Uh, the first one is in the setting of adrenal fatigue. Uh, when a person is extremely nervous with anxiety, then they can also have trouble of, uh, with shortness of breath associated with it. But this shortness of breath is more associated with panic attack-like symptoms where the person is breathing rapidly and the intake of air is very slow, uh, shallow, not slow. And so that results in the buildup of carbon dioxide, which then makes the shortness of breath worse, and that's a vicious cycle. Uh, the other possibility is that those with advanced adrenal fatigue, especially if they're in a catabolic state, then these people tend to lose muscle mass. And when it's time, when it comes to this point in their adrenal fatigue, where they're losing muscle mass, then, you know, they're also losing not only their biceps, their triceps, but also their intercostal muscles. And those are the muscles that hold the ribs together. And those are also decompensating. And so you find that when a person wants to take a deep breath, 
it can't happen because you have wasting of the intercostal muscles. They become compromised. And so the rib cage cannot expand as it normally can. And uh, there are the limitations to breathing when this happens. And like we said, you know, it's it happens when your body's in a catabolic state, when you're losing weight, you have severe fatigue, sometimes housebound as well, when this happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, something that I've also seen is that when people have adrenaline rushes, um, very similar to the panic or anxiety attacks that you're talking about, but these rushes can come at with any trigger, you know, whether it's opening the fridge door and you just get this rush attack or having difficulty sleeping at night and feeling short of breath or going for a walk and suddenly there's a temperature change and you get this rush that you can also get short of breath. And we tend to think it's more of a norepinephrine response. Uh, not necessarily epinephrine, norepinephrine can also cause the, the pounding of your heart and maybe that shortness of breath um, that the physiologic thing that happens with norepinephrine. And so these are reasons why people with adrenal fatigue can also get short of breath. And so if this is, you know, something that sounds familiar to you, it can be very terrifying, right? You, you really want to say, hey, I can't breathe. Well, I, I don't know what to do. Is my oxygen saturation okay? You know, definitely go see a doctor, make sure all the structural issues like asthma, COPD, emphysema, um, uh, heart, underlying heart problems are all taken care of. But after all that workup and you're still short of breath, you know, or viruses, right? Or if you have allergies, um, and if you still really can't find a solution, you know, and you really want help, our team can help. So contact our, us for a free initial phone call at 714-709-8000 for expert help guidance to support you during this frightening time. Now, there's another issue that occurs with adrenal fatigue that may be responsible for shortness of breath. And that related problem is when the adrenal glands are not functioning up to capacity, and it's called POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Now, POTS is a type of orthostatic intolerance that occurs with rapid heartbeat, and the heartbeat is normally over 120 beats per minute, and you get other symptoms as well, such as low blood pressure, and the key is with posture, right, when a person stands up from a sitting or lying position. And the corresponding symptoms experienced with POTS are so varied in some individuals that sometimes even the blood pressure may remain constant or increase as well. And other clinical abnormalities that patients with POTS can display are low blood volume, high levels of norepinephrine like we talked about previously, especially when you stand up too quickly. Um, they can also feel nauseated, fatigued, and lightheaded. You bend down and you pick something up and you just feel your heart pounding or you get lightheaded like you're about to black out. So some other people can also get heart palpitations, difficulty concentrating, difficulty sleeping. They have tremors or fainting spells. It's, it gets harder and harder to exercise. And the circulation also might be worse with pain and coldness in their extremities. And so symptoms of POTS can occur as a result of a number of different abnormalities. And, you know, while some of the disorders linked to POTS uh, symptoms are known, many of them have really been yet to be identified. 
And there are different types of POTS. So in the setting of adrenal fatigue, the adrenergic driven POTS uh, symptoms is most common. And most sufferers are symptomatic, but they don't fit into the classic definition of POTS and their tests are borderline or normal. And so they're usually given a clean bill of health from cardiologists and neurologists while they remain clinically symptomatic. And we call this subclinical POTS because your symptoms are present, you are experiencing those symptoms, but laboratory tests are normal. Right, and how people diagnose POTS is like if you do a tilt table test where they put you on a tilt table and then they actually measure your heart rate when you get tilted over, does your heart rate actually go up, right? Um, and, and this is very important to our neuroendometabolic stress response, especially the cardionomic circuit, okay, which deals with the cardiac, um, the autonomic nervous system and the adrenals, because they're all tied together in this cardionomic circuit. POTS can be one of the symptoms in addition to the shortness of breath that we talked about when, when your epinephrine, your norepinephrine, your fight or flight response, your sympathetic response is just all over the place. POTS is one of the symptoms or one of these syndromes that can happen when your adrenals are not putting out the right amount of hormones um, due to secondary to stress. So this, this can be very hard. A lot of people have a hard time distinguishing between, hey, is it adrenal fatigue? Is it POTS? Is it um, some other cardiac issue? And because a lot of the symptoms do overlap. Okay, so it's very important to get underlying, get down to the underlying reason for this syndrome since many of these causes are reversible, like being able to help with the cardionomic circuit in your NEM wheel will be able to help your POTS, you know, doing the breathing exercises or supporting the adrenals and your sympathetic response by reducing stress. All of that will also definitely help with POTS. So if you're dealing with shortness of breath and POTS as well, which can be pretty terrifying if you're going through it and you need help with this problem, contact our team uh, for a free initial phone call at 714-709-8000 for some guidance and support during this tough time. And next let's dive into heart pounding or really feeling that impending doom in your chest as a lot of our patients describe. Dr. Carey, can you tell us more about this heart pounding? Yeah. So um, normal people actually, you, you don't feel your heart, right? Unless you're actually exercising very hard. Um, and it's normal to not feel your heart. It just does its thing pulsating at 70 to 80 beats per minute. Um, however, there are reasons why your heart would start to pound or throb. Physiologically, that means your heart is contracting more. So instead of just like, you know, a regular squeeze like this, it's squeezing real hard. It makes you feel that pound, okay? And this hormone is, and this uh, response is part of the catecholamine, um, catecholamine response that happens that makes your heart pound, specifically norepinephrine and epinephrine. Okay, epinephrine is also called adrenaline. But norepinephrine is a neurotransmitter in the brain that releases and actually can affect your whole body. But specifically in your heart, it causes this pounding, throbbing type effect. 
especially at a higher level than your body needs. Epinephrine is there to make your heart pump faster and get the circulation going to your heart. Norepinephrine makes it pound harder, okay? So there are reasons why um, the, your heart might be pounding due to this fight or flight response, but you also have to make sure your heart's not pounding from any other kind of structural heart problems that you might be having. So how does this relate with people who have adrenal fatigue? And when you think about adrenal fatigue, you think about the adrenal glands needing support, needing to be stronger and healthier. And we know that cortisol is the primary hormone in the adrenal system. But again, it's the interconnection between the adrenal system and the sympathetic nervous system, uh, which uh, releases the uh, norepinephrine and epinephrine, like Dr. Carey was saying. And this correlation is very important. And so when the adrenal system is off track, then it activates the cardionomic system as well as the autonomic nervous system. And those become activated as well. And that leads to that throbbing and that surge in the catecholamines that we experience. They're connected. We can't just treat them separately. You know, you can't treat the cardiovascular system separately from the adrenals and same vice versa. That's why it's called the cardionomic circuit in our NEM stress response, because it's a combination of both our autonomic nervous system as well as the cardiovascular system. When you trigger one, you trigger all three. And so that's why I, I like to think of it, you know, a, a leg with three, a stool with three legs, right, in a chair. If one is off, then the other two is going to be off. And so it throws off the balance as well. So if your adrenal system is really off, then the other two is almost is going to be off as well. And it's impossible to balance without the third system. So what can someone do when they're feeling this heart pounding and they're just literally lying there in bed and then they get this uh, sitting there or lying down and their heart starts pounding? Well, you know, the best thing to do is actually to prevent it. And that's where we teach um, our clients, our patients, how to prevent these things through a variety of ways and mechanisms. And if you already have it and you can't get rid of it, then how to abort and stop, stop this insult with more stress. So one thing you can do is daily, go to a quiet room, do the adrenal breathing exercises the right way, making sure you are activating the parasympathetic response and not just the sympathetic response. Um, you don't want to overdo it. If you're more of the anxious type, um, don't just do deep breathing. That is 100% because it can make you worse. You want to do maybe a 70% of a breath using your diaphragm, your belly coming out and in, and you want to feel very calm and listen to your body. Um, because every person is different. So even if Maybe for a person, if 70% of a breath is still too much, then go down to 50%. So it's definitely very personalized about what your body can handle and what makes it actually calm down and have a soft landing and stabilize the body, okay? And uh, Dr. Jeremy, what are other things that people can do when they're feeling this heart pounding? Well, you know, if you need something fast and you do have the impending doom and the heart pounding, uh, you know, in short of taking medication that can really calm you down, the next step would kind of just be natural compounds. Obviously, the best way is prevention, but some natural compounds 
uh, are great for helping the heart pounding. And some of them, uh, you know, are like magnesium is calming. Same with GABA or L-theanine. Now all these need to be taken uh, carefully, especially if you're dealing with adrenal fatigue, because sometimes you can have paradoxical or opposite reactions, depending on how sensitive and how far along you are in adrenal fatigue. So this is not really a, just throw everything at your heart pounding and hope that one works. You know, it does need uh, careful titration along with uh, appropriate, you know, knowing when to press in the gas and knowing when to press in the brakes to really get to the root cause of what's going on and calm your body down. And so, you know, there are many ways uh, to help you. And, and like we said, the adrenal breathing is one, the calming herbs are another one. Ultimately, it's also about really preventing uh, the stress and preventing the adrenal fatigue from getting worse. Yes, and so you definitely need to make sure that the adrenal glands, the autonomic nervous system, the whole cardionomic circuit is dealt with along with the whole neuroendometabolic stress response. Because only dealing with symptoms here and there is not really looking at your whole body. So find a practitioner that knows best on how to really take a step back and help your whole body system rather than just the certain symptoms that you're having. So whether it's shortness of breath, whether it's um, tachycardia or postural POTS or um, pounding heart rate, know that you know there are steps that you can take to help lessen your stress and help with your symptoms. And we are available to help you with that. If you would like to free phone call, like we said, you can call our office at 714-709-8000 and we'll start to address and eliminate all these um, causes and help you, empower you to get, take control of your life. So we thank you for listening to us and we hope that you picked up a lot of valuable information. Please subscribe to the Dr. Lamb Show for more great content. We hope to see you next week. This podcast has been produced and broadcast solely for informational and educational purposes by Lamb Clinic. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The products and supplements discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your own doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and Lamb Clinic does not endorse or accept responsibility for any of the statements and views made by guests. The views and opinions of guests in the podcast are their own and do not reflect those of Lamb Clinic. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on the podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in the products or services referred to herein. Podcast listeners should always seek the advice of their physicians or other qualified health providers with any questions they may have regarding their own medical conditions. Podcast listeners must always continue to follow the advice of their personal physicians for all of their medical needs.